Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where every week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we discuss what's going on in our business. Plus, we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week, we'll be talking to Jay Kopita, a.k.a. Why Not Jay, of Why Not. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce Adult Site Broker Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. With Adult Site Broker Cash, you'll have the chance to earn as much as 20% of our broker commission, referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check our website at adultsitebroker.com for more details. First of all today, let's cover some of the news going on in our industry. Organizers of the LAL Expo Las Vegas trade show have elected to postpone this year's event to 2021 in the wake of the ongoing novel coronavirus pandemic. In a statement, the promoter said, It's public knowledge flights have been restricted that would affect the full development of the event schedule. We will be announcing the new dates for the event in the upcoming months, which will be held for the first time in the United States. The Free Speech Coalition has reached an agreement with a group of talent agents to institute a more formal process for reporting positive COVID-19 tests and possible exposures outside of the past testing system. The FSC has recently learned of several incidents in which performers and crew were exposed to COVID-19 on adult film sets in the past few weeks. Because the testing was done outside of pass through production companies that are not members of FSC, there has not been adequate accounting of the incidents. Three performers have reportedly tested positive for COVID-19 in the past few weeks, resulting in onset exposures and, in one case, the quarantine of a crew. In unrelated incidents, there have been reports of crew members and makeup artists testing positive for the virus. In the statement, the FSC asked that producers, performers, and other members of the community report any COVID-related incidents outside of pass to the FSC. Do not assume that no news is good news. As we have learned over the past several weeks, positive tests are occurring in the production pool. They are not being publicly disclosed. A negative test, even one conducted 24 hours prior to a shoot, is not a guarantee that a person is negative. Now let's feature our property of the week that's available for sale at Adult Site Broker. We are offering a sex toy review site dedicated to exploring sexuality and sharing and reviewing the author's favorite sex toys. The thing that really stands out is the extremely high-quality content used throughout the site. Most sites, especially review sites, use junk content that is very obviously written just to rank for terms in Google. This site is written in the first person and is a joy to read. The authors take the reader on a journey, showing them which toys that they find the most enjoyable and explaining how to best use them. The rankings in Google are high because Google has rewarded this site due to the quality of the content. It's also a nicely diversified site in terms of revenue. It's from a good mix of affiliate offers, so the business doesn't hinge on only one main program. The site is also very diversified in terms of traffic to individual pages. The most traffic page on the site only makes up 14% of the traffic, so it's not dependent on just one page ranking well. All content is exclusive. Nothing has been taken from elsewhere. 
Pretty much all of the traffic comes from organic Google results. No ad or traffic buying has ever taken place. This is an outstanding opportunity for the new owner if they want to further boost the traffic. This outstanding sex toy review site is available for only $225,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Jay Kopita, a.k.a. L.A.J., partner at Why Not Group. Jay, thanks for being with us today. Hey, Bruce. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Now, Why Not has been around since 1996. At that time, their goal was to provide early online developers of adult websites with a central hub where they could network and promote ethical business practices in what was then a largely lawless internet. The company has changed ownership several times since its early days, eventually moving its core presence to the domain whynot.com and branching out with additional services for businesses. Today, the company Why Not Group offers a variety of B2B services for adult businesses. Why Not also operates the blog Why Not Europe, which focuses on adult business news coming out of the EU. In early 2016, the company added Why Not Shoot Me, a photojournalism site in collaboration with, that's easy for me to say, veteran hmm. adult industry photographer Buster Brown. Currently, uh, Why Not uh, has also added Why Not Cam, an online magazine that offers tips and advice to cam models. In addition to its well-read blogs and resource websites, Why Not Group also operates popular industry events in collaboration with the biggest industry business conferences. The Why Not Grand Prix takes place at multiple trade shows throughout the year and lets participants compete against each other in exciting and fun go-kart races. Plus, the well-attended Why Not Awards formal event, uh, when formal events take place, it happens every year in Prague in collaboration with the TES Affiliate Summit, which we hope is going to happen this year. Fingers uh, crossed. <laughs> we are all. Yeah. The Why Not Awards offers the adult industry an opportunity to recognize the biggest achievers in the adult online sector. Why Not also owns and operates Why Not Mail, a hosted email marketing and delivery platform that provides respected businesses with a powerful platform for driving email marketing success. Well, you said respected businesses. You've also worked with me. Uh, <laughs> recently, Why Not added the Why Not Cam Awards in Hollywood, not to mention Why Not Marketplace. Whew. Okay, my question, Jay, is what do you guys do in your spare time? <laughs> it's a good question, uh, especially after COVID, you know, really kept everybody at home. We've been busier than hell. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny because you mentioned like a shitload of things that we have going on. Mm -hmm. And that's not even all. I mean, we've also got right. Why Not Summit, which is going to be our online virtual trade show, July 20th and 21st. Okay. Uh, we've also got Why Not Magazine, which is an online magazine, uh, which we do themes pretty much every three months or so. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's published online, except when we do trade shows, then we'll print up copies and bring them with us uh, or okay. ship them. Uh, that's when you can actually get physical copies. We did a whole bunch at uh, the LAL Expo in Columbia a couple months mm -hmm. ago. Uh, and, uh, let's see what else. Cam unity. That's our trade mm -hmm. show for cam models, business to business happening in March of 2021. We moved it out of 2020 completely. Uh, and I know I'm missing something else there. I mean, we had why not party Austin, which was, uh, mm -hmm. uh a three day get together, which was basically a revival of the why not party, the YP, which we used to do in Mexico. Yeah, way back. I got it. 
I used to go to that. I got to get down yep. to Austin one of these days, man. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's a good time. You know, we did it like four years ago. Uh, we had a good turnout. Uh, but, I mean, it's like totally a luxury thing. It's, you mm-hmm. know, fun. It's really not about business. So, you know, right. when people are trying to watch what they're spending on traveling and, sure. you know, ROI and all that good stuff. Uh, it's not really the show for that. However, people make lifelong relationships and friendships and even business deals yeah. uh, through it. It just happens, you know, when you well, put a bunch of good people together. Well, the events we used to do in Mexico weren't exactly for business either. We did not. Oh, have, hell no. I didn't, I didn't have a sober moment, man. But yeah, the thing is with that, though, was the, the, the allure was that it was just cheap as shit. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think I pretty much charged people like $500 for three days, mm-hmm. and that would cover your registration, mm-hmm. your room and board, and your food and alcohol. And yeah. uh, that, that covered you for like the whole thing. And it was like, Crazy. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was different times, though. God, I was doing that 2002 to 2005. Yep. Yep. Long time ago. Yep. So, so why don't you talk about how you got your start in our crazy industry? Uh, let's see. I gotta give you the short version. I was an actor mm-hmm. uh, in Hollywood through much of the nineties. Mm-hmm. I worked enough to call myself an actor, but not enough to sustain a living. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was getting to an age where it's like, I better get some backup here. I don't want to be, you know, struggling for the rest of my life. Uh, you know, I did a bunch of TV, independent movies, some commercials and, uh, you know, decided uh, I want to stay in this industry. So let's find something else. So I was giving tours at the studios. I, uh, worked for a PR agency and I did that for a couple of years and there's just, I didn't see any upward mobility and I really kind of grew to despise Hollywood at that point. I'm like, I got to find a fucking better thing to do. And I answered an ad that needed a PR person for an adult company. The adult company was the parent company of Why Not at the time. They were known as Flying Crocodile and Sex Tracker. Okay. Uh, anybody who's been in the industry for at least 15 years would know about that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't. And uh, yeah, they hired me. This was in 2000. And mm-hmm. I've just more or less forged my career along the way, uh, building skills, networking with people, learning as I go, and uh, just innovating you know yeah yeah tell let's talk a little bit about your acting career i'm, I'm interested in hearing about that yeah uh, sure uh well when i went to university uh, university of minnesota i was a theater major and a speech communication minor uh mm-hmm. so the beauty is is that i actually put my degrees to use in one way shape or form ah uh, that makes been out of that makes one of you <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's not a really common thing. So, uh, no. yeah, I uh, I did a lot of theater in Minneapolis uh, mm-hmm. back in the 80s. Uh, by the time I graduated from college, I'm like, OK, I'm going to either move to New York. I'm going to move to L.A. Uh, the smarter choice probably would have been to move to New York, do mm-hmm. a theater career, live hard and network and build my skills as well as my uh, resume. Uh, because uh, L.A. was more looking for, you know, that's the type of city where you need to have like a final product. You need to know what you're all about, be connected, all that stuff. And I didn't have any of that. Uh, but I got out mm-hmm. there. I started a got a commercial agent. I got a theatrical agent. I booked a national commercial and a movie like almost right away. So I'm wow. like, OK, I'm going to be fucking famous, man. I'm going to be a star. Seriously. And then uh, let's see what else. I mean, I. I got a recurring role on Melrose Place in uh, 1993, 
I had a recurring uh, slew of commercials for the Arsenio Hall show. Hmm. Uh, that's that's how things started. So it was like mm-hmm. gangbusters at first. And, um, you know, I did, I mean, a lot of different shows. I was on, I'm on IMDb. It's got a bunch of my credits, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pretty much relegated to playing, you know, bit parts, 10 hmm. lines or less. Uh, nothing really exciting, but uh, shit, I mean, I think back... There was a period of time where I was literally going out on an audition every few days on average. Um, sure. You know, there's some people they're lucky if they get an audition once a month or two. And, That's uh, right. You know, and it's weird because I see a lot of the people that I went up against now. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're all, you know, in our 40s and 50s. And I see a lot of the people that I went up against uh, mm-hmm. for commercials and TV shows. And, you know, they're they're doing stuff. I mean, they have mm-hmm. regulars on, on TV series. I see them in movies. I'm like, eh, I know that guy I went up against yeah. him for whatever. And, uh, yeah, I did that for about seven, eight years and, uh, just really realized I better, better do something else. And, you know, I still do acting every now and then, uh, mm. but 99% of the time I just, I don't care. Uh, mm. if I get an audition, if I don't feel like I'm totally right for it, I'll just tell my agent I'm, I'm not interested. You know, it's yeah. just, I don't, don't have the time. I mean, I own a business with Connor and, uh, yeah, while I have the, uh, the ability and the time to go out and do this kind of stuff, it's just, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to break my back over it. Uh, what would be a perfect fucking world is, Mm -hmm. you know, they do some stuff here in Austin. If I could book some sort of TV or movie gig once every three to four months there, I'd be out for like a couple of days. Mm -hmm. That would be more than fulfilling enough for me. Sure. Yeah, I think anytime you've um, you've had a creative side of you, for me it was sports announcing, uh, it's always nice to have that outlet. Having this podcast kind of gives me that outlet, which is kind of yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, and you, you remember back to the days of Radio Dentata, we both had, uh, had gigs there. And, yep. uh, you know, that was the same thing, although I just... I didn't feel the benefit out of it. Frankie was awesome, but uh, and she gets mentioned in two of my podcasts in a week. How about that? Nice. Um, yeah, she's an awesome lady. Um, did you, uh, any uh, any uh, big, uh, I'm sure you had, uh, big uh, star sightings uh, from your from your days as an actor? Who did you meet and who did you like and who didn't you? Oh, God. You? Oh, my God. That's, that's a tough question because, yeah. I mean, I... I always have the knack of finding myself in situations or being around people uh, where you could, a good story can come out of it. I mean, I'll sure. just throw a few, few, few your way. Okay. I mean, I think as early as like 1992, I was on the third street promenade with some buddies of mine. Mm-hmm. I was pretty, pretty fucked up mm-hmm. and uh, we're walking. And all of a sudden I found myself, you know, Adam Sandler's right there walking <laughs> with us basically with a friend of his. And I freaked out on him. I looked up and be like, Holy fucking shit. You're Adam Sandler. And like, he freaked out. Like he was like, Oh my God, you know, is this guy going to hurt me? Is he going to do something? Because I mean, I'd only been in LA for like a month at this point, you know? Uh, So I just, you know, I controlled myself and you know, he was cool. And I was just like, no, sorry, I'm trying to be an actor out here and I'm a fan. And he probably thought, wow, what an idiot. But uh, (laughs) that was just one of like literally a thousand stories. I mean, a thousand might be a little exaggerating, but it's, it's really not that far off. I mean, another, I mean, I waited tables. I waited on a lot of famous people that way. Um, I mean, I was in an elevator talking to Keanu Reeves. I was at a fucking bar with Leonardo DiCaprio was there. Um, I mean, I was at a diner with some friends and Drew Barrymore came in and we ended up hanging out with her. 
That nice. was like in 1994, 1995, mm. something like that. Mm. Um, I mean, I got to work with Heather Locklear. Um, mm. You know, I mean, I saw when I was even when I was working as a tour for, uh, mm. you know, like Paramount and Sony and Warner Brothers and, mm. and Disney. Uh, you know, I met a lot of the actors. I met the entire cast of Frasier and I got to oh, talk cool. to Megan Mullally for quite a while. Yeah. You know, it just, I talked to Martin Sheen when he was doing West Wing. Oh, wow. So I've just, yeah, I've, I've I fucking played pool with Ke- uh, with uh, Kiefer Sutherland at the uh, yeah. Hollywood Athletic Club. I mean, hey, he seems cool. He's great. He was awesome, yeah. man. I yeah. saw Charlie Sheen at the restaurant that I waited tables at. This was oh, right geez. around the time <laughs> that, uh, God, when was that? It was, yeah, probably 1992. It was a long time ago. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and these are just ones that came off the top of my head. If I really sat and thought about it. Sure. Um, a lot of freaking stories, man. Okay. Hey, well, give me some funny stories about the adult industry. Shit. What do you want to know about the adult industry? Oh, I mean, I can uh, tell you. One or two. <laughs> um, do I, uh, there's, I've got a few Ron Jeremy stories, but you know okay. what? I'm just going to leave that to your listeners' imagination. Because uh, <laughs> everybody has their picture with Ron Jeremy at one point mm-hmm. or another. I've got actual freaking stories with that guy. So that's uh, that's a different story. Um, how about I tell about, a, I don't know, a YP story. Why not party Mexico? It's just so out of control down there. I was probably um, there. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I remember when Mark Womack walked through an entire plate glass window. Oh, shit, um, that's right. That was pretty interesting. Another <laughs> time, the band that I had hired to play, the, the lead singer was all methed out or whatever and ended up trashing one of the villas. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was fun to deal with. Uh, or how about the time when we were trying to do Cybernet Expo in San Diego in 2006 and the mm-hmm. hotel changed ownership and canceled on us eight weeks out. We had to sue them and put I a remember. cease and desist. And their way of solving the problem, which wasn't a problem to begin with, uh, right. but they clearly had, a, you know, Republican constituents to, to, to please. They ended up hiring like 20 security guards to basically stand oh. base around the entire show. Oh, and there was like a all security guard for every two people. And it was more than 20, dude. It was crazy. It was so stupid. I, I kept walking up to the security guards. I kept going, is everything okay? Yeah. Uh, are, are we under control? And they were laughing at me. They're going, it's the best group we've ever done security for. It's unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, just tons of stories. I mean, another one, oh, I'll never forget. I was <laughs> I was at a, I was at a, in Vegas at an AVN years ago and hang with uh, attorney Eric Bernstein at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're at the bar. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. And this model comes, you know, she wasn't even like awake or sober or something. Just kind of comes walking over. She's rifling through her purse, trying to find money to buy a drink. And I'm just looking at her like, uh, you need help or whatever. And she's like, oh, I just need to buy a drink. And one of you guys help me. I'll give you an autograph picture. It's just like, uh, thanks. But, you know, we work in the industry, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Eric being the sucker that he is, ended up buying her a drink. So she felt compelled. She felt compelled to talk to us for whatever. And then she's like, you know, I used to be a cheerleader for Houston. <laughs> and I said to her, I, I go, the Oilers? And she looks back at me and she's like, no, the Texans. I'm not that old. And <laughs> Eric was laughing so hard that tears were coming down his face. Because, I mean, seriously, she looked haggard. I thought she was probably closer to 50, but, you know, yeah. she was probably more like 35 because, I mean, the Houston Oilers, that franchise has been gone since what, like 1990? Uh, more. I don't know. It's been a long time. So, 
Oh, you yeah. ruined her day, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Shit happens sometimes. And it wasn't even like exactly. it was intentional. It was I like, know. ah, you know what? The Oilers? <laughs> ah, you wouldn't do it intentionally anyway, Jay. You're too nice of a guy. Ah, yeah, that's what they You do. are. You are. I know. I know. You come across tough, but you, you uh, I know. I know you. Uh, so, so talk a bit about the whole coronavirus situation and your thoughts about it. Well, you know, it's weird because when things started first coming out in uh, very early March, end of February, I thought, okay, what is this bullshit that they're trying to scare us with? Uh, you know, what's going on in Italy? What's going on, mm-hmm. you know, in parts of Europe? And it's, it just, I wasn't really fully buying it, um, you know. And then, like, in a week in March, every single major freaking show just started canceling. And they canceled South by Southwest, which is the big show here in Austin. And mm-hmm. uh, I figured, you know, that's been going on for, like, 30-something years, and they've never canceled it, ever. It brings in, like, a half a billion dollars to the economy. This shit must be real if that's going on. So that's when I started taking it seriously. And um, But here's the thing, though. At the end of the day, I mean, even in Texas, where we've got like 28 million people, right. I think I don't even think we've reached 2,000 deaths yet in this state. And this mm-hmm. pandemic's been around for, you know, the better part of four months now already. So, I mean, I'm playing it safe. I'm playing mm-hmm. by the rules. I'm taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um I, you know, completely had to alter a lot of my business plans, my fun plans, my travel, just what I do in general. And, uh, I mean, it's a game changer, obviously. Um, I, I, I really fucking hate it, but I've adapted to it and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll deal with it as long as I need to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of your main products is why not mail talk a bit about that and how people can benefit from it. No, thanks. Yeah. So uh, why not mail? I think we established that in like 2010, 2011. We've been doing it for almost 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, anybody who has their own mailing list. I'm not talking about people that are buying mailing lists or trying to get mm-hmm. on someone else's or, you know, leverage, uh, whatever. I mean, it's like it's your own collected mailing list, whether mm-hmm. you're a sole proprietor like a model and you've got a few hundred emails that you've collected through a form on your site or right. you're a full-on traffic or cam network where you're pumping out tens of millions of emails per month, mm-hmm. uh, Why Not Mail is the product to use if you are looking for better deliverability, if you're putting out adult content, uh, because obviously we don't discriminate against that, whereas most other right. platforms do, and people think they can try to skirt the rules and do whatever they want just to mm-hmm. save a buck or two. But at the end of the day, you know, you're working with a company that not only doesn't give a shit about you, but lumps you in with doing illegal activity. Mm. And I just don't know why people would want to support something like that. And I mean, it's us. Why not? Name has been in the industry for, you know, going on 24 years Mm -hmm. and we're accessible. And, you know, if we cost a little bit more, it's because we're giving you white glove treatment and we're making sure. That you're doing it right. You guys do. You most certainly, most, you most certainly do. Richard does a great job of supporting it. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, you know, he gets back beyond beyond the call of duty. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we just want people to do their email marketing, do it properly, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, get into inboxes and you know, actually make money, whether in the short or long run. So. you know, anybody can use Why Not Mail. You have a product, you have your own list, uh, you can work with us. Hey, what is this thing I got, uh, I think it was yesterday in my 
in box, which is something you didn't mention, which mm. I, I think is a new product, something about an SMTP mail product that you guys are, are launching? Yeah, we do have something like that. I don't really have a lot of the details when it comes to this. I mean, when mm -hmm. it comes to, you know, what we do at Why Not, um, mm -hmm. my roles are primarily the face of the company, bringing right. in new business, yes. selling all the sponsorships, selling all the advertising, mm -hmm. and uh, just doing, you know, the general marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas as far as like the back end and the structure and the infrastructure and all that stuff, uh, Connor's in charge of all that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I know that either Connor or Richard would have a better answer for that. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, okay. I, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I can mention. So that hasn't quite that hasn't quite hit your desk yet. No. And to be honest Sounds with exciting. you, it, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I want to know at the last possible minute because I've got so much clouding my head mm. right now mm. that uh, mm. I just I don't need something where it's just going to have to, you know, be another responsibility, you know. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Connor and, uh, you know, uh, another good friend. And uh, but, but my question is, how could you be a business partner and friend with a Dodger fan? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't have an affinity to any sports teams. <laughs> you know, I like a few players out there because of their personalities and their skills. I but agree. I don't really care about a franchise because yeah. it's so rare that any one player stays with a franchise their whole career. You're absolutely um, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's like you like the guy one day when he puts on a different shirt. Now you hate him. Um, I root for a lot. I root for laundry man. Although I, I do have my favorite players, and some of them, believe it or not, are even on the Dodgers. I just don't want them to win. Being a Giants. Yeah. So yeah. let's uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Connor a little bit. Um, that's a you guys have had a business partnership for so long. Yeah. Uh, and you guys could not be more different. What makes your business partnership work? Um, I think our business partnership works extremely well because at the end of the day, we have a certain kind of codependency on each other. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just like we talk about these scenarios where it's like if something happened to one guy, how fucked would the other one be? Um, yes. and we just have a really good synergy. I mean, when it comes to like our core values and uh, how we view the industry and how much we care about it and where we want to go with it, we're in mm -hmm. agreement, like literally 95% of the time. We yeah. agree on a lot of shit. We agree mm -hmm. on, you know, a lot of political stuff. Uh, just, I don't know, a lot of things that make a person who they are. We're yeah. pretty much on the same page with a lot of that shit. Now, our personalities, yeah, are quite different. Our approach to how we do things is very different. Um, it just, I think it balances it out really. Um, yeah. you know, he has much more of a big picture analytical kind of guy, whereas uh -huh. I'm more about the details and more about the, just, I don't know, jumping into things. So, uh, -huh. uh, -huh. uh, you know, the relationships that I've cultivated over the years makes it easier for us to sell the stuff that he puts together. And I, yeah, and I, I, I see that from far. And I will, I will say, and I've said this to you, and I've said this to other people about you. You are by far the best salesperson <laughs> in the adult industry by yeah. a good margin. 
I appreciate that. Um, you know, I do feel like I am a very strong salesman. I mean, I've been doing sales of one kind or another. I mean, an acting mm-hmm. career counts as sales too, I would say. Sure. I was even doing telemarketing as early as 1986, 1987. Oh. So 1987. Yeah. So I've been in the game for sales one way or another now for, you know, 30 some odd years. Um, so, I got I mean, you beat. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you do. But, you know, the thing is, is that I, I don't know. I still got a lot to learn. There's certain things. I mean, my thing is, is that I know people well enough to a point to know what mm-hmm. they're going to be impressed by, what what mm-hmm. their triggers are going to be, mm-hmm. and just how much to push them without pissing them off. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, Jay, your newest product is Why Not Market. Yeah. Talk, talk about that a little bit, if you would. Uh, that's another thing where it's much more about, uh, Richard and Connor being able to talk about it. But at the end of the day, uh, it's, you know, it's similar to like Salesforce, but it's Mm -hmm. for the adult industry. It's from us. So you're getting our kind of support and, uh, our accessibility. Uh, it's marketing automation. Uh, you Mm -hmm. have, uh, sales, uh, email marketing, just like why not mail, uh, marketing automation. It's, you know, a CRM. Uh, you can track your, your sales, your contacts, uh, it's a database and, uh, you can integrate it with, uh, you know, a bunch of different things. I mean, kind of sounds like I'm talking out of my ass cause I don't know a lot about it. Um, <laughs> no, actually that sounded really good. Uh, thank you. <laughs> you'll be busted uh, yourself. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is I, I'm never one of these guys and I've always been this way and it's, you know, not really a trait of company owners is that I don't pretend to know everything and I don't always act like I'm right. Um, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And there's a lot of shit out there that I just don't know about and that I just need to defer because, you know, Connor, I'll be the first to say that he's a lot smarter than me in, you know, most areas. Um, but, uh, yeah, Connor's Connor's smarter than most people. He is, uh, you know, but he also has certain absent minded things about him and, Uh you know, like, I don't know. I'll bust his ass for, uh, you know, like facial recognition. I recognize people. I'll remember names. Uh, I'll remember details and numbers and stuff like that. Uh, whereas he just doesn't, that's just yeah. not his thing. So, uh, yeah, I'll destroy him and stuff like that, but, uh, <laughs> just general knowledge. Uh, he's got a much better grip on that. And his, uh, his reading comprehension is a lot better than mine too. There you go. Uh, well, well, Jay, I would like to thank you so much for joining us today on Adult Safe Broker Talk, and I hope to get you back again on a future show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Bruce. It was my pleasure. My broker tip today is part four of how to buy a website. Last week, we discussed making an offer and deciding the best price for the site you're buying. Once you've made your offer, the work really begins. If you're working with a broker like, say, oh, I don't know, pick one adult site broker, we handle the negotiation for you. Let's say the seller doesn't accept your offer. They may make a counteroffer. If you decide that you're willing to pay more, you can either accept their counteroffer or counter back to them. A good rule of thumb is to always leave room to negotiate. So don't make an offer that is the absolute most you're willing to pay. If you do that, then you have nowhere to go if the owner counters your offer. Once the owner and you have come to a deal, then it's time to do some due diligence beyond what it is you've already done. 
During the initial process of looking at the site, you should have asked some questions, like in the case of a pay site, how many joins and rebills there are per day, and any other pertinent questions. During due diligence, you need to make sure everything is where you need it to be technically to integrate it with what you're already doing. You may even get your developer involved if you're not tech savvy. You and your developer should ask those pertinent questions. Once those are answered to your satisfaction, you should either have the seller or yourself draw up a sales agreement. I always tell my clients to do the agreement. Why? Because that way you can dictate the terms. So whether you're the buyer or the seller, you can make the rules. However, just be ready to have the seller's attorney change some of those rules. Nothing is final until everything is signed off on. Another thing we do for our clients is, is a letter of intent prior to the sales agreement being done. This gives your attorney a roadmap for the agreement. The letter of intent, and more so the agreement, will have all of the terms involved, including who pays for everything. Who pays for escrow, for instance. This can be paid by the buyer, the seller, or split between both parties. We'll talk more about this subject next week. And next week, we'll be talking to Justin Cook, my mainstream counterpart at Empire Flippers. And that's it for this week's Adult Side Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Jay Capita of Why Not? Talk to you again next week on Adult Side Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.